0: Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone who supports anything that we've got going on. Special shout out to all the students we have in By the Hood University, as well as the youth in our By the Hood ownership camp. We appreciate all of the support. But as you know, our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing amazing work in the community. Uh, my partner, Corey's not here today, but, you know, we still got to get this work done. And we have a brother who's come on to share his story, who's doing amazing, amazing work. He's won awards. His company is uh, actually part of the Inc. 5000 um, he's won two Comic Club Awards with uh, ClickFunnels. He's won all kinds of awards, um, and I'm not going to let him tell his story, though, but I'm very excited to have this brother on. He's also an author. I'm in the middle of reading one of his books right now, but without further ado, I want to welcome Lamar Tyler. on Lamar, how are you, good brother?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me
0: on, Jimmy. Yeah, man, listen, um, I'm actually reading one of your books right now, which is phenomenal. Um, but you've done, you've done a lot in your career, uh, but can you tell us about your background? Where are you originally from and how were you brought up?
1: Yeah, I'm from um, Prince George's County, Maryland, right? Uh, DMV area, but I live in Atlanta now, but I'm, I'm originally from the DMV. Um, grew up there, right? It w- was interesting. A lot of times um, people kind of see our story, always assumed I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, but that was not the case. Uh, but from an early age, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I'm sure that probably connects with a lot of people out there. And I just spent a lot of time between those younger years to now, Trying to figure out what the process was, what were the steps, what are the things I need to do, right? What, you know, sometimes you know you want to be in business, don't even know what type of business you want to be in, but just know it's for you. And that's really, you know, what I did, what my path was, um, and what I kind of followed throughout my life.
0: So, what made you want to be an entrepreneur at a young age? Like, what was it that you saw or, you know, um, that made you say, you know what, I I have to have my own business or do my own thing?
1: You know, I, I think it was just something internally. Now, I, I think some people are convinced into it. Some people are talked into it. Like my wife, she, I had to sway her into entrepreneurship. She was, and she actually comes from, their entrepreneurs in her family, but she wasn't about that life. Uh, and I had, had to sway her over <laughs> it. But, but for me, it was just something internal where I knew I wanted to do it. Now, even though I knew I wanted to do it, I still worked. I worked nine to five, worked corporate. You know, I still need to be comfortable in the meantime. So I, I still had a, a career, a successful career I was working but, you know, from probably from, from teenage years on, I knew it was something I wanted. And I was just talking to somebody yesterday since I didn't have entrepreneurs directly in front of me. And, and this is pre, you know, going on YouTube and seeing or following people on Twitter, Instagram. Like like there's so many breadcrumbs in front of potential entrepreneurs today that make it so easy. Like if you really say you're about this life and you want to do it, success leaves clues. And the clues are literally all around you, thanks to the Internet. But I came up a little bit before that. So, so during those times, really what I had was Black Enterprise Magazine. Mm. When I could look on the cuff and see Black entrepreneurs that looked like me, right? I, I could read the pages and see the BE100 list of these Black companies that were doing millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars and, and say, hey, you know what? One day I want to be in those pages. One day I want to be on that cover. I still ain't hit the cover yet. I need to get on that cover. But I, but I said, one day I want to <laughs> be on that cover. And, and it gave me something to strive towards. And it gave me a vision of... Of what I wanted was possible because I could see it, then I just had to figure out the way to actually how to get there.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, uh, uh, and rest in peace to Earl Graves because that magazine changed a lot of lives. Um, it yes. doesn't get talked about enough because you know, you're right. Um, back in the day, that's all we had was Black Enterprise, and it's it's like you know, and um, we all want that cover, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, that's interesting though. What kind of student were you coming up?
1: Uh, i was i was a uh for the most part because i was i was like smart right and i could i could easily do the stuff that they gave me um and I, I don't think i really was challenged like a lot right so i could i could you know skim something and then then do it and and that that kind of goes back i think everyone needs to try to figure out to be successful to help you be successful you need to figure out like what what your strength is what your skill set is what your power is and for me like a long time ago when i, when I sat down and thought about it my my skill is not that i'm a dynamic marketer or, or a great entrepreneur, this or that. One of my greatest talents and skills is that I can read and learn <laughs> easily. Right. Okay. So, so, and always like, I figured that out early and always honed it and improved on it. Cause if you can this learn stuff, Jimmy, that, that opens up a lot of doors for you. you can be great at anything. You can be great in investing. You can be great at entrepreneurship. You can be great at, you know, a million other things, as long as you can tap into the actual education and then be able to consume it be able to digest it and then be able to actually take action on it. So for me, I think, you know, from a young age, that's what, that's what I could do. I could easily learn stuff. Um, and, it, you know, as I grew older, just about trying to figure out, all right, now, what are you learning? Right. Not just what the school systems are teaching you, but how can I get more education beyond that? Realizing that, Hey, pretty much everything I want to learn was inside of a book. And, and even though I hadn't grew up in a, a family, of entrepreneurs or investors, or all these other things, right. It was one book away for me getting my entryway into those areas, and then being able to, again, consume it, digest it, and then take action on it was the key.
0: Interesting. So self-awareness is key. Uh, knowing what you're good at and then focusing on that. I think that's an important uh, gem you just dropped right there. Um, yeah,
1: definitely. And I don't think people probably focus on that enough because everybody has talents and skills. I think too oftentimes we, we focus on what other people are great at and wishing that we had what they had, not really, you know, looking inward and saying, all right, what are, what are the, the things that we do? Like my wife and I, we're in business together. Uh, we're business partners, right? Um, been married now for 16 years. And one of the reasons our business works so well is because we total opposites. And man, I, you know, I tell you like straight up, the way she do stuff, yeah, I hate it. I just, I just not, I'm not <laughs> down for it, right? And the way I do stuff, she like is disgusted with my method, Jimmy, out of here <laughs> getting this stuff done, right? So she's like very um, methodical, and she'll take her time. And she's like going over stuff two and three times. And I'm just like, I'm so impatient. That drives me crazy. But she'll see how I like fly through something. And she like, dude, like you ain't gonna check that. You ain't gonna practice that. Like we, we used to speak a lot together. And just speaking a lot was hard for us. Because she like, hey, we need to practice four or five times before we hit the stage. And I'm like, I can't practice because I need the people. And I can't feel the energy of the people when I practice, right? We're just totally different. But, but the thing is what we've learned how to do is how to hone in on what our strengths are and really use that to the benefits of our business, to the benefits of our family, and to the benefits of our lives. Yes,
0: yeah, so you kind of balance each other out. Um, let me ask you this question: um, What kind of uh, a cheat code, or how how important is it to have someone, you know, your partner, your wife, um, when you guys are kind of like working towards the same goals and are um, working together? How important is that in your business?
1: It's it's major. So I, I'll say this: If you don't have it, that doesn't mean it's not possible. Because I, I see this a lot of times. people say, "Well, you know what? If if I only had." you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, significant other, whatever, right? I'll be able to hit this next level and I'll be able to do this and do that. You would do all of it without it. But when you do have it, it does uh, make it exponentially easier because you have two people. It's what you said, Jimmy. You had two people working towards a common goal. And even though you may have a, I could have a business partner, but at the end of the day, does that business partner's goals line up with mine? Me and you could go into business together, but I might in the back of my mind say, I want this to be a legacy play to hand down to my kids because twenty years from now, I don't want to be working. I want to retire and give everything away. You can have a whole different thing where you say, "Hey, you're in the business right now, but twenty years from now, you want to take this business, scale it up, and grow it, and never give it up." Right? Um, so, so even with a business partner, I think if you can if you can develop that type of relationship with your partner, uh, your life partner, right? I, I think it puts you in a, in a better position because, like you said, you should be working towards the same goals. So, if your goals together, you can come on the same page. For the business and then have the similar goals for your family, it creates a link where you should be headed the same way and twice, twice, uh, twice as fast.
0: Yeah, that's true. And you guys have created a, a number of businesses. Like I said, you've won all kinds of awards. Um, I, w- I would have been here for hours reading all the awards you guys have won. Um, but tell us about uh, how you started some of your business. What's the, uh, the actual business that got you started? Yeah.
1: So for, for us together, the original thing we created was a blog and the blog was called black So we wanted to create a site uh, and a blog. We were talking about doing it right. This was December 2007. So we were talking about, you know, let's create something, let's launch something. But we were like it was something that uh, if we write about people, read because we, we can write, but we not like hey, we love to write. We just want to get stuff off our chest. That in us. So yeah. it's like what's stuff that we write about? People actually want to read. They'll, they'll want to be a part of. Then we said, what's things that people are interested in? So they'll they'll come and, and come back to it. And when we, we dug into it, we said relationships. Then we said, let's dig deeper than that. We said black relationships. Then we said, let's dig deeper than that. Let's, let's niche down because you always say what the niche is it?
0: Niche, riches riches it. Is niches niche yep. niches.
1: So we said, let's dig down deep. And we looked at it. We said, let's talk about what marriage looks like inside of and, and externally from the outside looking in of the black community. Let's talk about how successful marriage and relationships do exist because we never hear that or see that in the press. Let's talk about fathers that are in the homes taking care of not just their kids, but taking care of other people's kids oftentimes, too, because that's totally ignored as well. And, and when we created that site, Black and Married with Kids, what happened was we had couples that had been married 20, 30 years and said, thank you. We never see ourselves represented on TV, in the newspaper, in the press, in the magazines. So this is us. We had singles that came and even said, hey, my parents have been married 40, 50 years, so I know this exists, but I never see it. And we had singles that came and said, hey, I want this one day. Like I want a stable, healthy relationship and I wanna prepare myself for the marriage that I want. So we went from starting that blog to it instantly took off. Um, Then we started creating products, right? Our first product, we did a documentary film, had no previous experience, but went on to make seven full-length documentary films. We screen a doc, we do our own tours. We'd have like our own seven to 10 city tour. We rent a private theater in um, different cities and states, anywhere from Houston, Dallas, DC, Baltimore, Chicago, um uh St. Louis, I mean, just all over the country, we would run out theaters, tour around, do screenings, get people out, and during the process of selling these movies, we learn how to market. So we would have to have to figure out like how can we get going to a whole new city we don't live in and get three, four hundred people out to an actual screening. When we get them there, right, how can we not just get them to buy the ticket but get them to actually buy the product? How can we create bundles? How can we maximize the actual offers How can we create scarcity around the offers that we have? So we went from that and learning how to really sell and market those tickets and theaters and movies online to then creating ebooks and audio books and boot camps and workshops. And we even did four cruises uh, with that community. So so as we did all of that, it was very public. We just get like a ton of press, everything from, you know, we've been Ebony, Essence and Jet. We were in uh, um, The Washington Post, Atlanta Journal, Constitution, New mm-hmm. York Post. CNN, HLN, Good Morning America, Today Show, all that type of stuff. So people saw us growing a business right in front of them. And what happened is eventually they kept coming and saying, hey, teach me how to do what you're doing. Teach me how to build a business. Teach me how y'all get clients. Teach me how you get people to come to these events. And that's we birthed the business that we focus on now, which is called Traffic, Sales and Profit, where we help black entrepreneurs literally just learn how to do that. How can they drive more traffic, convert more sales and grow more profit in their businesses?
0: Yeah, listen, I'm actually reading your book now, um, which is amazing, by the way. I'm almost done it from your book. But one of the things you said is interesting, like you, this documentary, what made you guys uh, decide, we're just going to create a documentary? Was it something that you like studied or like is it something you wanted to do? No, nah, it was crazy. It was neither. It was just totally
1: crazy. <laughs> it was this crazy idea. So I, I had met a guy, um, shout out to my man, Jenks Morton. And Jenks did a documentary called What Black Men Think. And I, I met him at my job. I, I ran an IT department at a TV station. So we had, we had a website catered towards uh, uh, the Black Community DC that I launched called My Voice DC. So one of my one of my partners in the site had brought him in for an interview, and I met him. And I bought his old camera. This is like, like I said, this, this is like, oh, oh, probably 08 now. Yeah, it's probably 08, uh, 2008. So I buy his old camera. He's moving to an HD camera. I got SD. Some of the younger people listening, y'all know what SD is. Don't even worry about it. But I got <laughs> an SD camera, right? He upgraded to HD. So I get the camera just so I can shoot video content for Black and Married with Kids, just to do some little skits and stuff and, and create content because we got to create a lot of content for the site because we got a lot of readers now. Um, what happened was one day I got this crazy idea. I said, hey, we should do a documentary of brown-black relationships and black marriages. We start talking and we're like, hey, I don't know if we're going to do it. How are we going to do it? Who are we going to hire? We ain't got the money behind no crew. What if we don't make no money from it? And it was all these other questions. And my wife, Ronnie, said, hey, Lamar, we got the camera. I think you can do it. And the more I thought about it, it was kind of crazy. I didn't have any previous experience or anything like that. It was kind of crazy, but I said, hey, let's do it. So for two weeks, every day after work, I just went out and interviewed couples, right? And I was just driving around, crisscrossing around the D.C. area. i go and set up my little lights. I had like a little $200 light kit off of Amazon. I had my SD camera, my little tripod, and I just, just interviewed a couples. Now, I cannot go back and look at that movie now because that joint is rough. It's like, it's little, <laughs> I mean, if I can be real, it's a little rough around the edges. People love it. People still love it. They hit us to this day and be like, oh, it's called Happily Ever After, a positive image of black marriage. When people hit us to this day and they'd be like, oh, I love it, but I, I can't watch. I, me and Ronnie, probably, we watched everything probably like one year, maybe like one time since that, that year. We probably have not seen that movie since 2010, right? Came on 2009, we probably seen it since 2010. It's a little rough around the edges, But we did it. But But this is the main thing I want people to take away. Is the fact that we did it we didn't have previous experience it was not perfect it was not super polished but jimmy gave us an entrance way in so what happened yeah. that very first movie we rented out a 160 seat theater in dc and to our surprise we sold it out i had no idea how i don't know why people came out but we sold it out but literally because that first movie we created we learned so much in the process so we we learned um, technical stuff, right? Just about sound and lighting and things like mistakes we made. And I was like, Oh, that was bad. I'm gonna make that it never do that again. So next time we knew better. Uh the low, like we it might have been like five thousand dollars to just make everything, right? And that was all. Did you have funding? I had no funding. That was money of our paycheck. We we saved the money out of our paycheck, we paid it directly. I think too many people.
0: Man, can I teach a little bit while I tell a story, Jimmy? Well, oh, absolutely, man. Listen, because one thing I recognize <laughs> is you're talking about taking action. I think that's important, and this story is amazing because. Just to say I'm gonna do a documentary is this that's 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 crazy, but you did it right. You took the action, so you absolutely teach. Yeah. I, I so, hear.
1: so that's it, right? So just taking the act, like so many people can't get the blessing on the other side just because they don't take action and, and move beyond it. So we didn't know what we were doing, we didn't have a track record, we didn't have a resume, like so many people like, oh, I need to get, you know, I get this certification and I can do it. I get this degree. Like, we ain't need none of that, right? All we needed was a story that connected with an audience. So, so we, we did it. And once we did it, like I said, we learned so many things that we did wrong that the next project was was exponentially better. But again, if we never do the first project, we never can go through the actual lessons. We never can catch the lesson. So we learned what we did wrong technically. We learned some of the things we did wrong from a storytelling perspective. Uh, one of the things like we learned how to, how to sell and market a little bit. So that first theater we had had 160-something people in it. Somebody in Baltimore was like, hey, we want you come to come do a screen in Baltimore. Somebody in St. Louis said, hey, we got the Tivoli Theater down in the loop in St. Louis. want you to come out. So now, just because we pulled the trigger on that first location, now we got multiple locations uh, um, chiming in. So, so what happens is over the next year, we create another movie. Second movie we got called You Save Me. This movie, right? I always talk about uh, um, no matter who you are, what kind of business you're in, if you're listening, you need to be able to, to drive traffic. Traffic is people. So if you got a, a brick and mortar, I'm talking about people coming to your store. If you got a website, there's people landing on your page. So, so one of the ways you can, you can get traffic and people is by partnering and leveraging people who already have communities. So, Jimmy, what we did the second year, it was a sister, Nisa Muhammad. Nisa Muhammad has something called Black Marriage Day. And Black Marriage Day is celebrating a lot of communities all around the country, churches, organizations, nonprofits, uh, uh, individuals in their homes, right? Like, like all these people celebrate all around the country. We tapped in with her. We partnered with her. And she promoted our second film as what people should actually do for Black Marriage Day that year. So my mm. partner with her, right, they would come to her, her website, see, okay, what's the activities we can do. They would buy a license to our movie. So we sold the license, then we did a JV split with, with her and her organization, uh, which is a nonprofit. Um, but they will come buy a license to the movie we screened the actual movie. We did a debut on Black Marriage Day, 2010. We screened in over 30 cities across the country. Wow. Everywhere from Atlanta, DC. We had a mega church in Wichita, Kansas with over 200 couples. We had uh, uh, a a private viewing, right, in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Had never heard of it before then. Um, (laughs) We had a viewing in the uh, Muhammad Mosque up in um, Harlem, New York, right, at the time. Literally, like all around the country, all types of black folks tapping into the film. Now this is just this is just one, year. it ain't even one year because our, our, our first movie was in June. So this is in March, right? So less than a year removed from us just getting the first thing out. Now we screen it in, in 30 cities across the country. And this is all
0: independent, right?
1: All grassroots. Wow. All independent, because we found somebody that already had an audience of the people that we need to speak to, which are black couples. We can leverage the audience that we had built organically through our website for black couples. And we had content that we create that we knew would resonate with them all because we saw what resonated and what didn't with the first movie. But back to my point, if we never do the first movie, right, and work through the challenges with that, we never can get to the second movie and do a 30-city launch when nobody knows who we are. No no, no celebrities in this thing. No no action, no stunt doubles, <laughs> no Man. Hollywood budget. And what would I look like going to Hollywood and saying, hey, I got a, a documentary, not even a, a, a dramatic, a documentary about black marriages and black couples and what what made them stay together, what made them love each other, what made their relationship successful. That's, that's, not a, that's, an, amazing, that's
0: an amazing story. That's an amazing story because it's all about taking that action because, I mean, if, if nothing else, you'll figure out what doesn't work, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. But that, that's it. Like what you said,
0: you got to take that. Like you can't figure out anything
1: if you don't take the action.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's an, that's an amazing story. And and so this has actually led you to your company now, um, where you teach people how to get traffic, because throughout this process, that's what you figured out, right? And yep. you've been successful with that, right? So I was actually just at the ClickFunnels with you when I saw you win the uh, Two Comma Club Award, which is uh, amazing. And one thing I'll say to you, you know, while you're on here, um, one of the reasons I like your work is because um, you are black, but you talk about that, right? So you have a lot of people who are black who try to like you know you know don't even talk about it but you cater to our people and um i I think that's tremendous and just want to give you kudos kudos for that because you're teaching our people how to build businesses which is important and you know so that's conscious right that's a conscious decision you made
1: yeah definitely so and I, i think it's important i think um we can begin to close the economic wealth gap and primarily we can do it through entrepreneurship and and also i think entrepreneurship cures a lot of the things that are wrong in our communities, right? We always look and say, all right, well, black communities have, you know, one of the highest, or not one of the highest highest unemployment rates, always say it's because people hire people to look like them. So no matter like what community you go into, if if you see like who the owner of that business is, most of the time that the people working in that business look just like, it could be, if you go into um, uh, uh, a a store that's owned by another nationality it's not black, even if it's in a black neighborhood, most of the, time the people working there still ain't black, even yeah. though it could be right in the middle of a totally black population, because most people have people look like them. So so primarily what we do and, and what we look at is how can we grow black businesses? that not just create hustles. Right. Because a lot of us, what we do, nine out of 10 black businesses are solopreneurs, meaning they left their company, whoever they work for. And they basically create a new job nine times out of 10. Most of the time, this new job. Right. Even if you like, oh, I'm making more on the surface. My business is making more. Once you withdraw taxes, expenses, all the other stuff, you can be making less than you may work for somebody else. And yeah. you got worse benefits. And, you know, you don't have retirement set aside. And, um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just not set up properly the way you would imagine, the way you dreamed about when you said I'm going to be an entrepreneur. So we are trying to grow and scale real companies that go beyond just, hey, I'm trying to get to my first hundred K. How we get to five hundred? How can we get to at least seven figures? And then you bring on team staff, you employ people in your community, and then we all go higher.
0: Yeah, system. So is that is that like uh, something you were raised with in terms of being conscious about helping your people, or is, like is that something that was uh, you know ingrained in you as a kid, or you know something? I don't,
1: it was so much ingrained in me. Right. I think a lot of it is just um, you know seeing seeing what's around and being aware of what's around and being aware of. Uh, you know, I definitely was raised with a love—a love for our community. So, so having a love for our community and our people, just seeing, okay, what are the opportunities there? How can we really help each other? And and the thing you said to being intentional—like we're very intentional of about who we serve. So, with our original brand, Black and Married with Kids, we're very intentional. Like, hey, we want to support and uplift black marriages, right? Like, like we literally see an advantage that we can give the community if we can keep families together. With Traffic sales, and profit, the information we teach, that information could go to anyone, right? And then you know, I could I could teach the white people, Asian people, doesn't matter. And they all could could get nuggets from it and grow from it. And I, I talk sometimes and teach at different places. But I've I've chosen to serve my people. And as I, I choose to serve that, like again, I feel like somebody has to stand in the gap. And mm-hmm. and oftentimes what I'll say is people that aren't aware, and I'm sure you all, but but you know, some listeners may not be. People think entrepreneurship is new for us. It's not. People think wealth generation is new for us. It's not, right? Over the generations, black folks have had businesses. Black folks have begun building wealth, but a lot of times that wealth was destroyed and it wasn't spent. It wasn't because we bought this or bought that. It was straight up destroyed. They burned down communities. (laughs) They they raided our communities where the the wealth was. When, When you had thriving black communities, they would straight up build interstates right through the middle of them. I-95, right? I-85, like they literally would run communities right through the middle of these neighborhoods. So it's up to us now to stand in the gap and rebuild all the things that our ancestors had because we have so much amazing opportunity right now in front of us. And even, yeah. and even though things are not ideal right now, what I will say, they ain't ideal right now, but they're a hundred times easier than it was for my grandparent or their grandparents. So we got an opportunity here.
0: Yeah, this is absolutely true. And I, I will say that, you know, that that's one of the reasons that your work resonated with me. And why, why I actually asked you, like, I want to get you on the show is because um I, I see your mission. And, and, and it's not like you're out here like, hey, I'm only going to do this. But it, it actually speaks in your work. Um, yeah. So I just want to give you kudos and tell you that uh you're appreciated for that, for helping our people the way you do. Thank um, you. And, and, Jimmy,
1: if, if I could say something real quick, because I know a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with should I serve the black community or not? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times people will make you feel as if you shouldn't, and yes. so what I would tell people is that hey, if you you know if you got a product for everybody, it's totally cool for you to sell it to everybody. I'm not saying you shouldn't sell to people outside the black community, but I'm saying if you got a product or you have it on your heart that I want to serve black folks, it ain't nothing wrong with that. Because here's the thing, every other community is selling to black folks. Yep, every other community. And these communities make a lot of money selling to black people. So we look crazy when we like you shouldn't you shouldn't create a product for black people. But guess what? Right. A lot of our Middle Eastern sister brothers got products for black people. The Asian community sell directly to black people. Right. So it's almost yep. like we're the only ones that's not trying to sell us.
0: Yeah. And they, and they take care of their whole families doing that. Right. They build a whole they build whole legacies off of selling to us. Right. So there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Yeah. I, listen. Um. But but your work is definitely appreciated. Um. And you're still out here creating businesses and, and doing amazing things. Um. So in terms of like your traffic, sales, and profit, right? Um. How often do you um take on students, or or what does that look like in terms of people who may be looking to have you help them with their marketing? Like, it, say they um own a store or have an e-commerce platform or Shopify. How can you help them with what you're doing with traffic, sales, and profit?
1: Sure. But the first thing I tell them to do is um it's two steps, right? Number one is get a hold of the book, and you mm-hmm. just mentioned it earlier, my Traffic Sales and Profit book. We have it available for free. All you gotta do is pay shipping and handling, we'll get the book to you for free. So then get a copy of that at www.freeTSPbook.com, like Traffic Sales Profit, freeTSPbook.com. And I'll put that link. Yeah,
0: I'll put that link in the description as well as the show notes. Oh, oh, so you okay. gonna get it, for, get it for free. Yep.
1: Yep. So that'll get you to hold the book and all all the information in it where I talk about how to drive more traffic, how to capture people when they come to you, how to convert them into sales and everything. In addition to that, we have a free Facebook group called Traffic Sales and Profit with Lamar Tyler, where I'm always doing free challenges in there. Um, I'm always doing free trainings in there. Right. We do a weekly check in. So like just the knowledge, information and a community of purpose driven entrepreneurs that are all moving in the same direction. Oftentimes we just can't move as quickly as we need to because we are trying to do it alone. So all of that is there. That's that's totally no cost or low cost available for you. In addition to that, we um, have uh, two conferences a year, Uh, one in January called TSP game plan, uh, one in June. Right. So the the January conference we're selling right now, we're getting close to a sellout on that. Um, uh, and people get more information, more information on that, you know, through the website and through the group as well. But but that's coming up. And beside the conferences, like the only two main things we do, we'll do a lot of stuff. The main things we do. As we got the conference. We got a monthly membership for people that just want to get started, just get the education. And then we have a 12 month mastermind where the mastermind is over the course of 12 months. I have uh, coaches in the program that coach you, that mentor you, to take you through step by step. We meet quarterly to um, help you define and really grow out your business and not just like how to sell a market, but how do you sell a market? How do you create processes and systems around what you do in the business? How do you increase revenue and not just revenue, but profit? Um, you know, how do you begin to build a team? Nobody ever talks about that, but if you start selling a lot of stuff at some point, you're going to need team and people to help you fulfill on all the stuff that you're selling and to take some of the pressure and stress off of you. So, so when it comes to just starting out, we got a membership program. It comes to, Hey, I'm ready to get serious. I want to be full-time. I'm already a full-time entrepreneur and I want to scale to my first six, seven or eight figures in business. Then we have our mastermind program.
0: Oh, amazing. So the uh, conference in January, where is that located at?
1: It's in Atlanta. Um, It's called TSP Game Plan. We focus on four things. We focus on um, products, right? What are the products and services you should be launching for the new year? We focus on uh, uh, planning, right? Like most people just don't make as much money as they should because they don't properly plan their launches or their programs or their products out. So we focus on planning. We focus on people. Who are the people on your team that you can implement that you should be bringing on over the next year? And then like I said, we focus on profit as well. So that's kind of like the core focus of that January event. We got uh, a lot of dynamic folks coming through, uh, a few of them. We have uh, one of my one of my experts in my program is actual neuroscientist, Shantae Taylor. So she's yeah. coming. Uh, she has an a organization called Aftermind Institute, and she talks about mindset from the brain perspective, like not just how do you feel, but like what is your brain? Like how, how come when you know all the things to do, you still don't actually go forward and do them? It's some things in your brain that are happening, and she talks about mindset from a brain perspective. In in addition to her, we have Tim Grover. So Tim Grover is the guy that was the physical trainer and mental toughness coach for Michael Jordan. Kobe too, right? Yes, right. Hey, hey, Jimmy, you beat me to the punch, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, know, Kobe has MJ. For a long, who do you work with? MJ wouldn't tell him until he retired, and that guy was was Tim Grover. So he worked with Kobe. So I I tell entrepreneurs, you want to have that Mamba mentality the best person to learn from is the person that was was Kobe's mental toughness coach. And since then, uh, D-Wade, Dwayne Wade, he's working with a uh, uh, Russell Wilson right now, right? Like a lot of other professionals, high level athletes and entrepreneurs. So he's coming. So, so when I say January is going to be special, all I can say is people need to be in the room.
0: Oh man, that sounds amazing, man. I got to get my ticket myself because that's, that's, that's going to be life changing. Listen, um, and for the folks out there watching, I will say that, um, I can co-sign what he's saying. Like I said, he's, he's won several awards. And, you know, you you won a very prestigious award at the last ClickFunnels. It wasn't just a, a two-common. You 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 did a, what, like, it was it for $10 million, $10 million or more, something yeah, like that?
1: Yeah, it was, it was their 2CCX award for doing um, over $10 million in sales through their platform. So yeah. um, we, we won that, like you mentioned, we won the Inc. 5000 list this year the, the country's fastest-growing, properly-held companies. Uh, so so for us, you know, what was what, interesting, an interesting story about that, is that um for I was I was at a ClickFunnels conference a few years ago and I was I was sitting on a road with with some of my friends who all were amazing entrepreneurs and as we were seeing people getting awards, somebody was like, Man, like there's no black people up there, right? You seen her conversations, It's like no black people up there. so everybody like, yeah, you know, where the black folks at? And then it was a sister that leaned down and said, you know, like everybody on this role pretty much makes enough they should be up there getting an award, but who actually submitted for one? Yeah. Ooh, and that that sucked the air out a little bit. That made you, <laughs> that made you think like, yeah, you're right, you're right. So 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 not too long at the very next year, we, we submitted to get our award because we already had the revenue. We just hadn't gone after it. But it wasn't until we walked the stage with that first award a couple of years ago um, for doing for doing the seven, just the two com which is doing seven figures that I saw the impact that it made in other black entrepreneurs and audience. And when I came down, people saying, "Wow, like because you did it, it was like 200 something people that got at that time." But people was locked in on me because they could they could relate to me, and they said, "Because you did it, I'm gonna be on that stage next year, and I'm gonna get mine." And 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 then when I did it, I did it that year, it was me and my wife together. And what I didn't realize, even though out of 200 something people, it may have been, you know, like say it was like 20 black folks, it was a sister that posted online and said, "Out of them 20 black folks out of 200 something people, it was only one black woman, and that was my wife Ronnie." So mm. so that, that rep, when they say representation matters, man, it does. Absolutely. So, so a lot of times it's not just about you. It's about the people that come after you. So making sure you you are, are represented and visible for them so they can be inspired by
0: it. One of the reasons that we even have this podcast is because representation matters. We want to highlight the people that are doing the work. Mm-hmm. And just to speak to what you said, one of the reasons, like, so this is, this was my first, I've used the product, but my first time going to a ClickFunnels conference was this year. I didn't submit anything because I didn't even know that was a process until I got there, but seeing you resonated with me. And it wasn't just, because like you said, it was about 20 black folks there, but it's also the way you did it. Right. Because, you know, um, and this is no shots at anybody, but um, you didn't, I've seen a lot of people who, uh, you know, rent the Lamborghinis and the mansions and they do all these kind of things to to generate revenue, but yours is, is 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 if I can say pro black, um, you serve you you cater and serve our people, and you know you, you do it a certain way, and that kind of resonated with me as opposed to you know some other folks, and that's that's no disrespect. Everybody has their own way of doing things, but that's why representation does matter.
1: Yeah, and I, I think what you you hit on right is one of the messages I've been I've been I've been talking about it more. I was like, man, I need to do, I need to do something big around it it's been resonating with people, like you said, it's a million ways to get there. And oftentimes we only see like one way and we and we start to kind of second guess stuff and we start to get, as you know, is, is it for me or is it possible? So, you know, I posted something online the other day. I was like, you know, guess what y'all? You like literally could, could have a business and crush it and not be on social media. Like you ain't got to be the face of your brand. I know everybody telling you to be the face of your brand, but actually a whole lot of people make a whole lot of money without ever being the face of their brand. Yeah, I'm like, you can have somebody else be the face of your brand. You can have an ambassador. You could have uh, a spokesperson, right? You could have somebody else be the front person. You work all the back-end systems. And and when I said that, I got so many comments and reaction back where it feel like it just took the edge off for a lot of people. So just letting them know that, that you don't have to share. Every I think we're in a society where it's being made out that you got to share everything, but you don't. Like, I'm, I'm like a pretty private dude for the most part. Mm-hmm. so it's like people in my program, they're like, Lamar, do you really have, like, I know you had to think black and married with kids. Do you really? They have kids. I'm like, yeah, I got kids. My, my kids ain't for your <laughs> public or something. You know what I'm mean? saying? It's like, like and, and I know this is the thing, right? I know I can put my kids out there and it would get me all type of extra views. Like, I'm hip to the game. I know what's up, right? But I, I just, it just ain't for me. Now, not to say that it's wrong for somebody else to do it. Everybody can do what they want to do.
0: Well, no, that's kind what I'm saying. What I'm saying is everybody has their own way, but what your, exactly. your specific way resonated with me because, um, you know, it's like, it's about the business. It's not about all the other stuff. And a lot of people make it about the other stuff, which drives them traffic, but you're getting traffic in a way to me, that's like honorable, if I, if I can use it for lack of a better term, like, you know, so that's why it resonated with me. Thank you. So, so sharing your story is important for that reason. I think, you know, so people watching this, make sure you share your story, right? Because there's going to be someone that resonates with your story, whatever your story may be.
1: That's and totally, that's, that's 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 it. That's like totally true. And again, that's why the importance of, like you said, people sharing and not thinking that, hey, like I don't have this other person have. I don't do stuff the way they do. So, you know, it's a lot of embarrassing shame and stuff like that. Like, but like, like, Jimmy, what you said is so key. Like everybody has a story and it's somebody out there that resonates with everyone. So it's all about you kind of getting out there and and, um you know, finding your tribe and connecting with people just like you.
0: Man, listen, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for sharing your story and, and, and talking about what you do. But let me ask you this question. Um, What does the future look like uh, for you and, and, and some of the things you want to do? What, what are you trying to do for the future?
1: Sure. So so right now through our, our mastermind program, because that's the only program we got. We actually like, track people's revenue and stuff like that. So that's how we kind of gauge like like our impact on on the black community. So right now uh, we work with um, as of this past June, we do a big award uh, show in our June conference for ourselves, right? Give out awards. So as of the June, we work now with 24 black, um, seven figure companies. Um, most of them, majority of those were not seven figures when we started working with them. Um, and we grew them into seven figure companies. And we now had, I think it's 74 companies that have been six figure companies come through our program. Our our goal is by the time we get our 10 year goal, we kind of had placed out by the time we get to 2030, December 31st, 2030, we want to have impacted 500, Seven figure companies, black companies, all I'm talking about, two, five and 7 figure companies, 50 black eight figure companies that's 10 million dollars a year per year, and then um, uh, five nine figure black companies that's 100 million dollars a year. Mm. And you know, through the program, or, or alums of ours that are that are you know have moved on, but like that's us. We feel like if we can do that, we we feel like we have a place in black history. We feel like the butterfly effect, like like the impact of those companies, we have companies now that that. You know, came into our program doing like a hundred thousand. You know, we got one that's that's on track to like 50 million this year. We got another right in Chicago that came in um making like a fraction of what like like they were a six-figure company. Now they, you know, getting close to, to 10 million mark. And they employ like 30 plus people on the south side of Chicago, black and brown people. Wow. Other company I'm talking about. They got 30, 40 employees in Virginia, right? Like like majority black folks. Like literally, so so at us is not just about like making like I'm about to make a money, right? So but making money is only one component of it. It's about building. So we build these other people. The impact they have is they go out and they hire more people than even we hire. Now, what if we got again 500 companies out here that are hiring and treating people well and paying them well and creating great benefits for them and 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 understand what they go through as black and brown people, then we can change the world.
0: Man, you know, the most powerful thing that you just said, right? So um, through the Bodyhood platform and other platforms, I've done hundreds of interviews. Like this is, it will be episode 128, 130, something like that. But usually when I ask that question, most people talk about um, what they want to accomplish. Like, I want to hit this number or do that. You talked about what you want your students or other people to do. You talked about, so to me, that actually stood out, is you didn't even talk about yourself. You talked about what you want to help other people create. And I think that's the most powerful thing about what you just said. Like the numbers aside, the numbers are amazing, but the fact is, yours is about serving, and I think that's powerful right there, bro. Um, no, man, I,
1: th- I think people don't get like if you serve everybody else, you'll be all right. <laughs> you, know. you know what I mean? Like if I keep making millionaires, like I'll, 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 it's no way I can make all the people and not and not be okay, you know? And and then it 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 just cascades. It's, it just can't it's levels to it It's it yeah gets, I, we got enough time but it, it can't
0: no no, but that, no that's a cheat code though you you, you want to make a million dollars uh serve a million people right that's right that's the code you help enough and it, yeah so but i it was interesting that you said that i just thought it was interesting you said that now let me ask you this question what is your favorite book or book that's inspired you in this journey of yours
1: yep so my, my favorite book is called um succeeding against the odds right and it's the autobiography of john h johnson so john H. johnson was the founder of johnson publications which was a creator of ebony uh, magazine, Jet Magazine, Fashion Fair Cosmetics, uh, had a high-rise building on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, which is, I tell people all the time, like, if I, if I had a high-rise building in downtown Chicago right now on Michigan Avenue, I would be viral. Like, everybody in the Black community would know my name. And he built this building, this is like this, this probably like late 60s, like mid-70s we're talking about. So uh, his his book, if you read his book, you should have no excuses in life. Right mm-hmm. but I'm talking about somebody came from extreme poverty, like I'm not talking about growing up in a project. I'm talking about like is this the level of poverty much beyond that he he grew up in to become one of the richest men in America? I think his estate in the in the eighties when the book was was written i think in, uh in the eighties maybe early nineties um they were talking about uh mid four hundred million at mm-hmm. that time. You know, if if I had four hundred million right now, Jimmy, again, I'd probably be a household name. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But four hundred right? million back then, like,
1: kid, like, I'm talking about in the '80s. He, he had this right, lived in the same neighborhood as Johnny Carson. Like in the '80s, had, had, had met and been invited to the White House by four different presidents. You know, so so his story is just amazing. I, I recommend everybody read it. It's so many business lessons and nuggets in it. But again, like the main thing, I would say like like it's. I'm not saying it's easy for black folks out here but what i'm saying is our ancestors had it so much tougher and they yeah. did so much more that like if you really harness and know where you come from and you get a hold of some of these stories about what people did it'll it'll put you in a place where you never complain you see all the opportunity and you ready to take it to the next level
0: and you know what was interesting is um, his story resonated with you because he's someone that looks like you and that's the we keep talking about the, impor- the yeah. importance of your story right so him telling his story Affected you, and now you're telling say that, and that's what it's really about. Um, exactly. in this journey, though, what has been the biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome to help you, you know, from where you started to where you are today?
1: Um, that, that's an interesting question, right? I don't, uh, it's so whenever somebody asks something like this, interesting because I don't necessarily look like I face stuff and I've been through stuff in life, but I don't, I don't necessarily, um, look at it like that, right? Because I, I think we all face challenges. What I've found is that from like businesses we work with, that's like seven, eight figure businesses. And and people is kind of new or people that start and then quit. What I find is that everybody face issues. The people that, that are the biggest just kind of sustain and they got the grit to kind of push through and the tenacity to push through it. So with, with me, if I don't know if I can pinpoint one thing, but, you know, I face family issues. I face marital issues, right? I faced, um, uh, you know, we had a family business before. that almost broke our family up. Like not my wife, but like my mother and my brothers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um you know, d- different things in life. But again, I-, I think the key is just is just making sure you're always moving forward and and not getting defeated. Like you can get disappointed. We always say him was like you can get disappointed, right? Stuff happens all the time and you can get disappointed around it, but you can't get defeated. Like disappointment mm-hmm. is, you know, you're down for a second, you brush yourself off. You're like, man, why didn't that work? Or why I got to go through the drama or, you know, you could think, you know, why stuff got to happen to me. That's cool. But then you're like, all right, on onward next with like, I'm not going to let this stop me from getting to where I need to get to in life where, you know, that disappointment, you can't let it turn into defeat where you just ready to ball up. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to say, all right, you know, maybe I wasn't built for this. Maybe I'm not the one. Maybe I'm not who I thought I was. Because if you stop believing in yourself then nobody else will believe that.
0: Mm, I like that. Don't let disappointment turn into defeat. Yeah, I like that line. All right, man. That's powerful, man. So, listen. I just want to say again, man. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, thank you for the work that you do. Uh, You're definitely appreciated. Um, and for the folks that are watching, make sure you look at the uh, click the links that are in the um, bio as well as the notes because I'll put the link to get the free book. All you do is pay for shipping. And like I said, I'm just about done the book. It's a powerful book. I've already learned a tremendous amount. Um, I'm ready to, uh, you know, pull up to Atlanta in January, man. I need to learn more because this brother right here. I mean, you heard him, he's taking people and helping them build seven and eight, and nine, nine figure. You want a nine figure business? Who doesn't want a nine figure business, right? So, um, and this is someone that looks like us that's actually out here doing the work. So I just want to say again, man, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, the work you do. And thank you for sharing your story with our audience.
1: Hey, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, any anytime
0: I can help out, just let me know. Absolutely, man. So for the folks out there watching, please take a look at everything Lamar has going on. I'll put links to his website. Um, the free book and everything within the show notes. Make sure you check it out. Check them out online. I'll put links to that as well. Um, listen, and as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. We appreciate you. Peace.